We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, coming at you guys from Blue Wire Studios in the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas, kicking off the week with UFC. Dre, this is like the first time in three weeks we haven't started with pro wrestling, but we'll have a pro wrestling show for you guys later on in the week. Trust me, plenty of stuff to talk about there as well. Our hip-hop show is in the middle of this week. Our first all-hip-hop show. You guys wanted it, requested it. That'll also be happening this week. That one's going to be really fun. Um, Trust me, the old man doesn't even know what's happening on that show yet. It is going to be exciting to talk hip-hop with this guy. Get a few stories out of him as well from the glory days of when he covered hip-hop. Got to take you back. I'll put you back in that mind frame. But today, like I said, it is MMA we have to recap UFC 293, which on paper didn't seem like it was going to be as exciting as it ended up being. So we'll talk about that one fight in particular, and then we'll preview UFC coming up this weekend. No chance UFC right here from Las Vegas, Mexican Independence Day weekend. Usually we're talking about a Canelo fight, but that is delayed a couple of weeks because the UFC is like, nah, give us that and took the date, and they're building this Mexican fan base. And along those same lines, we get to talk to Raul Rosas Jr., 18 years old. Third fight in the UFC already. He was signed at 17. Man, we got to talk to that kid. Bright future in the sport. Really has his head on straight, too. Can't wait to chop it up with him. So a good UFC show for us today. Dre, but you know where the hell we're starting. Mm Got to let the cat out back. Your new middleweight champion. Sean Strickland. Um, biggest upset championship title fight history in the history of UFC. No. Yeah. Bigger than Holly Holm? Yes. Holly was like two years removed from boxing. Don't care. That was, here's why. All right, there's, there's the three biggest upsets in title fight history, maybe four if you want to include TJ Dillashaw um, when he won the title. Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey. Yep. Matt Serra, GSP. Correct. Which is number one on just about everybody's list. And Julianne Pena, Amanda Nunez, which yep. recently happened. All those fights ended by finish, right? You can blame all those fights 
except the Nunez fight with a lucky punch. You can say Matt Serra got a lucky punch on GSP. GSP wasn't a striker. Yeah. He got caught, right? He got caught out there. Ronda Rousey thought she was a striker, and then she played the fuck around and find out game yeah. got her head kicked off. <laughs> now, those are big upsets. Sean Strickland beat Israel Adesanya at his own game for 25 minutes. The most, arguably the best striker today in the UFC, and arguably one of the best of all time. Yep. Sean fucking Strickland went out there for 25 minutes, nearly knocked him out. In a Philly shell. And just dominated him. Dominated him. I, this, that's why, for me, this is the biggest upset in title fight history because it wasn't taking advantage of his weakness. If Sean was going to win, it, most of us thought, well, if he had any chance to win, he'd have to take the fight to the canvas, yeah. right? Nobody's, there's nobody. And if anybody says it, aside from Eric Nixick, who was incredible in Sean's corner that night, they're a fucking liar. Nobody on God's green earth said, I can see Sean Strickland winning a 25-minute striking match with Israel Adesanya. Nobody said that. No. Like, when GSP lost to Matt Serra, Matt Serra was on the Ultimate Fighter. He had no business being in a title fight. The only reason he got it because he won the Ultimate Fighter. Nobody thought he was going to win. There were no rankings at the time. But GSP wasn't actually the GSP that we knew. Like, he had just beat Matt Hughes. He was coming off of that. Like, he was, he was rolling to be one of the greats. But we always saw deficiencies in his striking. His wrestling was just so good, he could overcome that. Ronda, we thought, oh, if he gets, she gets a hold of Holly Holm. But there were a lot of people out there who was like, well, if it's standing... Holly could catch her and fuck her up. Yeah, that was the point of Holly's side. And that's what happened. Yeah. Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez was one of those situations where we always questioned Amanda's gas tank. She had some long-term COVID issues that she had mentioned, could have played a role in it. She gassed out, got choked out, right? Those are all surprising things, but, bro, if you, anybody, nobody's going to sit there and go, yeah, Sean Strickland's going to beat one of the best kickboxers in UFC history in a kickboxing match. He didn't go for one single takedown. No. Not a single takedown. He didn't have to because no. as soon I thought we saw a normal Izzy to start the first round and Izzy was coasting. So the kicks, but Sean was checking the kicks, but Izzy's jab was working. Izzy really wasn't getting touched. Sean was pressuring, but really not doing anything. And then Izzy goes for what he went for against Alex Pereira twice. And what he's kind of fallen in love with. And he also knocked out uh, Robert Whitaker with it as well, which is the falling back left hand followed by the right lean back combination. Mm -hmm. But much like in anything, it's like Madden. You love making the Madden analogies. When you run the same play over and over and over again, someone is going to realize, I think I know how to stop that. Yeah. And there's great videos of not only Nissick, but uh, Alex Pereira who Sean Strickland went to train with for a couple days yep. of Alex Pereira telling him like, yo, when he does this is like natural reaction is to drop your hand, throw the cross. Like, no, keep your left arm up, roll with it, then step into the punch. Well, lo and behold, Sean Strickland is like back against the cage. If I pressure him, I know the combo coming at me. Alex Pereira was actually able to hit Israel Adesanya the second time, but it glanced this time. Izzy caught him with the, you know, the right hand, knocked him out. Cool. First time he knocked Izzy out with the same thing. Pereira was like, I know what to do. When you get him in this position, do this. Lo and behold, Izzy's back's against the cage. Sean Strickland sees this, pressures, waits for Izzy to lean back, throw the left, right hand right down the pipe. Kept the left hand. 
and knocked Izzy's block off. And I think after that, it was survival mode for Izzy because I don't think he ever recovered. It's, it's weird in sports, but it happens a good amount in the combat sports where someone will beat the count in boxing or get up in MMA, but it's like instantly concussed. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you shake the cobwebs off. You can't shake the cobwebs off of everything. And it's just a matter of time. We've seen it Anthony Joshua yeah. against Andrew Ruiz. He knocks down Ruiz. Ruiz gets up, hits him, never recovers in that fight. There's a rematch. He doesn't get hit like that. He can outclass him. It goes the way it's supposed to. But there's just some punches you don't recover from. Izzy never recovered. And he looked slower. The striking didn't look great. He wasn't offensive. Half the fight, I don't think he knew exactly what the game plan was or if he was there. Just in survival mode. And he won a couple rounds like that. But when it came down to it, he didn't go back to the well for what was his knockout punch. And he wasn't going to change the game plan to pressure. So it was like, oh, I just got to survive. Don't get knocked out. I get a rematch and we'll figure it out. This was one of the worst performances by a high-level fighter I've ever seen. Because, like, one of the biggest misconceptions in in a fight for most fighters is, like, when you lose, you get exposed, right? It's not always true. Shit happens. Like, people are like, Deontay Wilder got exposed. No, he got beat. There's a difference, right? Israel Asanya got exposed. And the way he got exposed was, is, is really simple, but a lot of fighters can't do it because they're not disciplined enough. Yeah. It's don't give them anything. Like, if you go back and watch the Euro Romero fight, Izzy nearly got his head knocked off in, like, the first round. And from that point on, Romero didn't take any chances, and he just allowed Israel to pluck at him, right? But what Romero didn't do was press forward. He just stood there in front of him. He, you know, Izzy throws his feints, tries to get you to overcommit, and then he takes advantage. Strickland didn't make any mistakes. He moved forward, which Adesanya isn't great moving backwards. He's, Adesanya is a, not a good offensive-minded kickboxer. Like, if you ask him to initiate the offense, he doesn't know how to do it. He initiates it by, like, throwing a leg kick and waiting for you to react. Yeah. Or throwing a jab and waiting for you to react. Strickland beat, had an answer for every leg kick. Yeah, he, he checked the leg, leg kicks. Kick. Yeah. He like checked them immediately. And Adesanya was like, oh, well, maybe that won't work. I'm going to wait for him to make a mistake. Sean didn't make any mistakes. And it was crazy because it's like, this is the guy that fought Alice Perea and just was like, fuck it, and then got knocked out, right? That's what I thought he'd eventually do. But he stayed in the same mode where he didn't make any mistakes. He looked for his openings. And if he would throw a punch, he would, he would bring his hands back very quickly. And then he'd keep advancing. Adesanya had no idea what to do with this because he's that fight. Like, Anderson Silva was very similar, but Anderson Silva was good on offense if he needed to be. Yeah. Right? Like, there were bad fights. The Talos Ladies fight, the Demi Maya fight. But if you sat around and waited too long, he'd kick you in the face like he did Vitor Belfort. Right? Like, he, he didn't wait for a mistake. He'd just take advantage of you. Adesanya does it. Robert Whitaker made a mistake. Paulo Costa came at him, made a mistake. Al Spreya came at him, made a mistake. Sean Strickland didn't come at him. Yeah. He got, he got, he got beat at his own game by not having an, an advanced strategy of, my whole game plan is waiting for him to make a mistake. And then when he doesn't make one, you go, well, shit. You could see it in like the fourth round. Adesanya was like, my jab's not working. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Coach Barrowman was like, all right, well. And he's like looking at him like, well, I don't know what the fuck to tell you because you got to do something. I, I mean, don't think he had the wherewithal at that point no, to do something. 
he was he was checked out of the fight. Yeah. It was it was again bad game of Madden. Somebody's running it down your throat, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? They're just running it down your throat, and it, not big gains, not big chunk gains, three four yards. Every I'm gonna get a first down. You give me four yards of carry, I'm gonna get a first down. All right, we'll stop it. I can't, I can't stop it, and that's exactly what happened for every minute of the fight. The first round was a very filling out. Adesanya's like fainting, reading, reading, and Eric is telling him. He's reading, he's look, and Sean would back up. Or Sean, he has a, me and Alan Jovan did uh, Sirius, and Alan trained with him for a while. And we both, we gave him no chance to help. But the one thing that Alan said that, that was interesting, I saw it in the fight, and Alan texted me while this was happening. He was like, well, when Sean fights, he's got a weird defensive strategy where he doesn't, like, allow you to, he doesn't block, he smacks your hands away, right? Like, he parries. Yeah. And it's a very awkward parry because it's quick, and he doesn't, like, return fire, but he hits your hands hard enough where you're, like, off balance. If you watch the fight, every time Adesanya threw something, he's like, smack it away. He did the same thing with kicks. Yeah, like, everything. He, he, he grabbed he, the foot. Yeah, he would, <laughs> he would swat away, like, on the, yeah. some wax-off Daniel LaRusso shit, and then he would catch the leg, and then Adesanya was like, okay, well, is he yeah. going to chase me for a takedown? No, he's going to give you your leg back. So yeah. don't do that shit again. But you just off balance. So Adesanya, I was always wondering. I was watching. I was like, yo, when he kicks, why isn't he throwing, like, a left hand after the kick. He didn't Why want to the kick with a combo. I'm like, Izzy has to throw something forward off the kicks because the man is one-handed because he's grabbing your yeah. foot. You would think. You would think, but he was kind of like off balance every time. So I don't know if he really even could. He couldn't. He was being moved backward. Like Strickland would grab the leg, start moving him backward so he had no leverage to throw yeah. anything. And I know Adesanya and his team was like, oh, if he catches the leg kick, he's probably going to rush in. But he didn't. Nope. He let it go and went right back to his strategy. 25 minutes of the same shit. I've, we're going to talk about this, like, is there a media rematch? But the first thing I think Israel Asani needs to do is go home. Like, he needs to take a break. I think he did. <laughs> he's chilling. But, I mean, he's fought a lot. He stayed very busy. Put a lot of mileage on his body the past few years, yep. right? One of the most active fighters we see in the UFC. But he fought this fight like he had a f- full belly and silk pajamas. That's how he fought this. He didn't fight it like he wanted it. He fought, fought it like, oh, I made enough money. If I lose, so what? Yeah, and, and he was thinking about someone else the entire time. He answered more questions about duplicies and getting in the ring and yelling yeah. at him and obviously, you know, the stupid shit he said. Mm-hmm. When they went face-to-face, it's hard to do that and overlook someone who is a top-five guy in the UFC. So this fight happened so fast where it was like, even if you say what you want, like, okay, Izzy fought in April. Like, oh, he had plenty of time. No, because with his camp, it's like, yo, I think I'm going to fight Dupacis. So even if you're in camp, you're like, all right, I'm watching this guy. Sean Strickland just fought. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm in the ring for Dupacis. No, I'm not fighting him. I'm fighting this other guy whose style is, you just call it the most awkward style in that division. And then he was like, oh, wait, I'm fighting him? Okay, so now he had the same amount of time, if not shorter, to prepare for Sean Strickland. And I've, Izzy said this about John Jones, and I've heard many people say this about John Jones. John's a freak of nature because he has six months maybe to prepare for every opponent. Those opponents have six to 10 years to prepare for him. He's been champion for so long. When he was a light heavyweight, you could have started your career at 17. Yep. And fought him when you were 25 and been preparing for eight years. And he had no clue who you were. 
And you've been watching just John Jones film after John Jones film after John. He was at such a disadvantage when we get to guys like Dominic Reyes and those fights. It's like, yo, was John slowing down? How do these people? No, they had exponentially longer yeah. to pick apart him than he did them. And he had to adjust the middle of fights, which is why we see a fight like Alexander Gustafson in a rematch where he just mows through someone. Daniel Cormier in a rematch just mows through someone. Yeah. He's like, okay, I have more time. Now it's a little more even. I'm really going to wreck you. And it'll be interesting to see John at heavyweight because now John at heavyweight, everyone's like, what is he? Yeah. So, we don't know. The Cyril Gone fight gave us nothing. He just, no, but Cyril didn't know. Cyril was like, oh, I think he's going to do the same thing. It's going to be the same striking. He's going to try to knee me. He was like, no, I'm 250 pounds now. I'm just going to wrestle you. Yeah, I'm going to By the way, over. I haven't used this wrestling in forever. And now that I'm this big, you have no shot. People couldn't handle my wrestling when I was 205. He's like, I'm 250. You have no shot against me. Rolled him over with wrestling. Choked his ass out. I expect him to do the same thing in November. Yeah. There's like, no too. one in that division can handle his wrestling. Not one person. No, but Hadasanya is a, uh, the Sean Strickland fight, it's like, he took the fight because he wanted to fight in Sydney, yeah. right? Because he didn't have to. No. And it's a lot of credit to him. It's the only reason why the card came together. Because otherwise, they'd have no card. This card sucked on paper. He chose a fight. It was a glorified squash match on paper. Because Sean Strickland hadn't beat a top-ranked fighter. He had lost two in a row. Yeah. Jared Cannonier being one of them. And then he beat an up-and-comer. And he beat a bottom 15 guy. It just so happened there was nobody else left for Adesanya to fight. And he ends up fighting him. But I, I guarantee you that Eugene Barman and, and City Kickboxing, they all looked at Sean Strickland and was like, all right, well, you can exploit his weaknesses. Not, it shouldn't be too difficult. They saw a different fighter yeah. that they weren't prepared for. And when it was happening, Adesanya was like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, what is he doing? Yeah. He's standing here with me. He's not, he didn't go for a takedown. Everything that Adesanya thought he was preparing for didn't happen. That being said, if there's a rematch, as Dana White suggests, I'm picking Israel Adesanya. Uh, I think now you have time. His team has time. I, I think even his team was a little just like taken aback, like, the hell? Like, what, what, there's no adjustments here. But I think right after, and Izzy was like, yo, I just need to be around the people who love me and bounce from the presser and just left it to his coach. Um, his coach was like, no, I already see stuff that, like, we'll work on, exploit, and I, I think we have a good shot in a rematch. And I think you do. Like, sometimes it's just someone's night, and that's what rematches are for sometimes. I don't like a million rematches. But I also think, like, yeah, I, I think he can go in there and win three rounds out of five, at least. Maybe he doesn't start. Maybe he does. It's one of those things where, now this guy was awkward. I didn't have a lot of time. Kind of needs this sometimes as motivation. Go back in there, get the game plan right, be you, and then go handle business. Israel Adesanya doesn't deserve an immediate rematch. Go oh, on. he didn't get knocked out. No, no, no. You got dominated. You don't get an immediate rematch. You don't. You want, you just got the title back, and you shit the bed. Yeah. I mean, he did them a favor. That's fine. Don't care. I mean, he'll probably get it. He, he shouldn't Definitely get it. Again. He shouldn't get it. Because I don't like immediate rematches when you just got dominated. Sure. I don't like immediate rematches when you get knocked out. I like immediate rematches when there's controversy. That makes sense to me. Izzy knocked out Alex Perea and lost his first fight back. And the real reason I, I don't like this more than anything else is, let's just say Adesanya wins. We're back at the same problem in middleweight. No, there's plenty of Not contenders. No, no. What should happen, in my opinion, Strickland's a champion. We don't know when Duplessis is going to fight again, right? Hamzad is fighting. 
Yeah. Mm, that's a tougher situation than Duplessis. For who? Uh, for the UFC. I mean, look. Hamzat has the ability to fight in three cities and three cities alone. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But what yeah. I'm saying it's is. It's a little tough. You can't fight in the U.S. right now. No. So how do you give this guy a title shot? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> but I don't, I don't want Adesanya to get an immediate rematch. I don't. It's a, it's a bad precedent to set. Like, you just got dominated. Like, I think he fights so frequent that it's not like you're going to say he's holding up a division by giving him an immediate rematch, right? Because as a normal champion, say he fought now in September, a normal champion might not fight again until March, right? April. There's, there's been longer stints. If he says, yo, I'll come back, I'll fight January, and if I win... Dupesis is ready still. We'll run that January, February. I'll run no, that. No, in if March you win, you got to get Strickland rematch. Nope. No, Strickland's not getting a rematch. But then no. Like that's that's my problem. Like you don't that performance, you do not get a rematch off of that. You just it's not like you're a long-standing champion. You just got the title. You lost. He has the second most defenses in I that don't care. You got dominated. History. Fight somebody else. No, he beat everybody. No, he did not fight Duplessis for no title. Duplessis yes. would have to then fight Strickland because Duplessis deserves yes. it more than Strickland. Thank you. Israel Sign needs to go home. So who's going to fight? Hamzat? Maybe. I don't want to see him fight for the title. You're asking the second most decorated champion in his division's history to earn a title shot? Yes. Again? Do you know? Have you seen Kobe Covington? Oh, no, I'm telling you what I would do. Okay, but I'm just saying, I don't think, the president of I, like, this company. I said, Kobe Covington never deserved another <laughs> okay. title. For, like, I'm just saying, I, if I'm Izzy, I look at him and be like, you got to be fucking no, kidding I, me. I agree. I'm not earning anything. I agree. But what I'm saying, like, even Kobe didn't get an immediate rematch. No. So, based on but what I just said. champion for a 10 title defense. Look, I, I don't like what I saw out of Adesanya. And I know a lot of people will be like, oh, he should dominate him in the rematch. What's he going to do different? Oh, I, I think just not getting buzzed by a right hand at the end of a first round. But what is he going to do different? Well, you got to move. Got to keep your back out for the cage. You then have but he, to. He fights with his back on the cage. Okay, you have to implore different things. You have to back him up. You have to back Strickland up. Because you say what you want. Kenanier never moved backwards. Want a good decision because that... Shoulder roll shit is cute, is great, and the pressure Strickland showed is good. And that's what he is, is a pressure fighter. Moving backwards, he's not that same guy. If you move him backwards, you see Alex Pereira turned his ass into an iCarly meme because his hands were down like this. He was moving backwards. He had no clue what to do. Yeah, You have to pressure him and move him backwards. So there's something clear you can do in a rematch. Can you get in the gym, work on it, and not say, hey, I'm the best kickboxing counterpuncher of all time. It's, I am a style bender. I have to adapt this style to beat this man. Yeah, I don't. If that is your nickname, listen, you don't got to know it off the rip. But if someone's like, hey, this is the style you need to beat this guy. He has losses. We've just seen other people beat him with this style. You have to do this. Izzy can't go in the camp and be like, oh, that's not what I do. Man. It's, no, you're a style bender. Take your ass out there and do this. Yeah, I... I Again, me personally, I don't have any interest in seeing. And I don't, I don't like immediate rematches. I just don't. I don't like it because, again, if Adesanya beats Strickland, then Strickland deserves an immediate rematch. 
Because it, well, then Duplessis got to go cry in the corner because he should have took the fight, and now he has to fight Hamzat, and he's in a world of hurt. Yeah, I mean Hamzat's fighting Paulo Costa, and I don't know what the fuck Paulo Costa's gonna get killed. Yeah, but and then Duplessis if doesn't feel like waiting, I'm like yeah, I got a guy for you to fight. Yeah, but <laughs> and this, he's like, I don't want to fight that guy. This division is it's been out of science division, but man, he shit the bed. Like yeah. it was, this was a horrible performance. He was embarrassed. That's why he left. Like, yes. he, all this time, he's like, yeah, I'm not worried about Sean Strickland. Like, yo, you got embarrassed. Embar- like, you can't, you can't say anything. GSP, if he wanted to make excuses, I got a, I caught with Lucky Punch. Ronda could say, I, I didn't fight my game plan. Yeah. Right? I mean, the man did get caught by Lucky Punch. He just got up. No, but he got beat. He just got beat up. But he was never the same after that. For all purposes, he should have just been knocked out. I mean, he got up pretty quick. He covered up. He was fine. He was eating them. The only thing that he saved was, him was the bell. He was he was just covering up. I mean, he wasn't in any real danger. Strickland said it himself. He's like, I don't even hit that hard. Like, he wasn't in. He, he was like, as soon as he got up, I knew he was good. I'm just going to unload and hope that the referee stops the fight. The referee was just like, nah, bro. He's good. But it was, it was just an abysmal, abysmal performance. So now here's the next thing. The UFC now has Sean Strickland as their middleweight champion. And people have asked me, is this good or bad for the UFC? And I was like, for the UFC, this is good. Here's why. For us, it's bad. He's not our guy, right? Piece of shit. He's a self-proclaimed, I'm a former neo-Nazi. I don't think he's anyone's guy. Mm -hmm. No, He's not like he's Colby. No, 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 no. No. He's very shitty to women. No, there were plenty of people that we're rooting for this guy to be Israel Asanya. Plenty. It's not, a, they, the reason why I say it's not bad for the UFC is because they were like, well, he's a PR nightmare, but he falls right into their fan base. Right? Like, look, he says probably. His winning picture was trending and also a video interview from like two weeks before when he was telling women to stay in the kitchen. Yes. And they're only good for sex. Yeah. Do you know Both how many. trending on the same night. Do you know how many men agree with that? I don't know any of these men, but maybe. I, I promise you, look at the comments. They agree with this nonsense. It's trash, right? But it's not, because people like people ask me this because they said, is it going to be a PR nightmare for the UFC? I'm like, no. Because a lot of these alpha males and their ideology, they align themselves with Sean Strickland. It's not like if he was an NBA champion, oh, that'd be a problem. Yeah. If he was a starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, that'd be a problem, right? This is, this is, UFC, where they promote Masvidal, Covington, Sean Strickland, Sean O'Malley. They're all just cut from the same cloth. They just signed a $27 million billion deal in a merger today. They are not concerned with their image taking a hit, right? Like, they don't care. Like, does Sean Strickland say dumb shit? Yeah, but have you ever heard Dana White say he shouldn't have said that? No. To be fair, Israel Adesanya said a lot of dumb shit recently, and Dana didn't tell him to shut up No. Either. They they are it's a bad advocates precedent for, to say. They, they advocate for dumb shit. Like <laughs> you can't say anything you want. That's not like a good business model. That, no, you can't. You, but you can't <laughs> unless again, I always go back to the Tyron Woodleys of the world. That's when Dana has a problem. Yeah, but Adesanya, you know, I like Jordan Peterson or Adesanya doing interviews like, oh, this society is emasculating men as he has French tips on his nails. Like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Right. But that's what that's what we're doing. And Sean Strickland is like, oh, America, you know, he's a Chinaman. Yeah. 
if my son was gay, I'd be a failed as a father. I'd rather my daughter be a whore because he's she's more like me. There are men that agree with this shit. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's scary. But there was a lot of f bombs on this, by the way. Yeah, just call, well, that was on this. That was on this call. again. This, I was about to get to that. Sean Strickland had the best post fight speech. Yeah. It was very composed, and he was like, "I, you know, sounds like all right, right." That's how yeah. he talks. But he was, like, "I'm very happy to be here. I, you know, I, I did it." Blah blah blah. We had two guys drop the f uh, a homophobic slur. Yeah. To the crowd. Made ESPN. Manel Cap called Kai Kara France the f word. And then I forgot the first fighter's name. He called the entire crowd that. Yeah. And Daniel Cormier's like, Jesus Christ, again? Again. <laughs> but none of them got reprimanded for that. At the no. post-fight presser, Dana was like, people say stupid shit. All you got to do is apologize. I've done some dumb shit, too. Yeah, you yes. smacked a woman. Wife. It was your wife. It's on video. We all saw it. And you just said, <laughs> and what did Dana say? I'm sorry. The worst punishment I got is public scrutiny. Shut the fuck up. It's not the worst punishment you get because you can get over that. Crying your money. I mean, to be fair, as fighters get less public scrutiny, so they. But this, this is what I'm saying. Like this company doesn't. They're unbothered. Israel Adesanya got in the octagon, dropped the n bomb 12 million times with Drikas, and what did Dana say? That's ah, the fight game. What? <laughs> what but are to we him doing? It is the fight game. But that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. There's it's no the, rules. It's the mentality of that man has no problem with somebody like Sean Strickland being their champion. Now we get to put a hot mic in front of him more? Yeah. That's more press. That's more quotables. Because the quote that you just said went viral, the NBA would have shut that shit down. They wouldn't have ran that quote ever again. No. Like, no, no. Imagine Tyreek Hill going out there and saying the same thing. Uh, Roger Goodell would be like, no, fuck that. <laughs> but the yeah. UFC, more hot mics. More hot mics. Let him say what he wants. Kobe's about to say some wild shit Heading into this fight with Leon. Isn't an election coming up? I mean, the presidential election is not here yet, but yes, it's election season in November. Yeah. But there, this is what, and the crazy thing about Sean is nothing he does is political. He's just an asshole. No, no, no. Yeah, he's just wild. Like, there he's is no, boy. like, vote for, like, he just, you know, you're a pussies, and, like, that's how he talks. And the UFC loves this. He looked at a female reporter and was like, hey, nice tits. Yeah, I was straight faced, and, and, and then, I was just like, "And what happened?" The clip went viral, stupid viral. I think she laughed at it. So, I was like, don't egg this man off. Exactly, but that's what this company does. So it's like, is Sean Strickland this company's worst nightmare? Absolutely not. They got other problems. There are other problems if a, if a strong black man becomes a champion who is like, "Fuck this shit, fight or pay." That's a problem. Yeah, nobody's saying that. Ain't nobody saying that. Now they let the one man saying that walk. Yeah, they fight, fight Tyson Fury in a couple weeks. Yo, they erased Francis Ngannou, and then another Cameroonian fighter came out. I was like, that's the first Cameroonian UFC fight. I was like, yo, <laughs> you act like this man didn't even exist. That, that's Vince McMahon 101. That is, is creating your own narrative. So, no, Strong Strickland's not the worst thing that can happen to the UFC. No. It, this is good for them. They like this shit. They like this alpha male bullshit. So they're going to ride it, which is another reason why yeah, they'll probably give the rematch to Adesanya, but they wouldn't mind Strickland holding this title for a while. Nah, Motherfucker they, already broke it. Yeah, <laughs> he broke it. And his entire wall. That's about the, what I was on his wall. Today. I didn't work today. When I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, we posted this. His entire wall was just like, I'm not like a gun aficionado, but these can't be legal. Mad guns. Guns. I think he had the Royce the 5'9 rocket launcher at one point. Mad guns. He has like elephant hunting ammo on his wall. 
I'm just like, what is this for? Don't give me the I'm protecting my family bullshit. Not with this. No. No, you ain't. Like you got really bad aim if you need all of that. Yeah. And how do you get to all those guns? Right? Like somebody breaks in your house, it's like, ah, I gotta pick one. Right? Let me Now you just like this a video games, Call of Duty, you're gonna hit the pause menu and cycle through your loadouts. (laughs) Like, how does this work? And one of them is UFC title (laughs) and shit. Broken UFC title. But that dog, this is their champion. Next thing I want to talk about. The UFC has had 12 new champions in 12 months. Yeah. 12. Somebody asked, good or bad for the company? I said, this is great for the UFC. Want to know why? You can't create stars if they can't hold on to the title. Yep. Like. Not a big enough star. No, because the turnover is so quick. No, that's not true. Because Connor. Connor he's an aberration. He's an aberration. He don't count. He's the outlier. Okay. But in boxing, Terrence Crawford's been the champion for nine years. Right. John Jones, complete outlier. He'd still be champion if he didn't fuck up. Yeah. He's unique. but And he's not like the biggest seller in the company. No. People have passed him several people, think, several times. But the UFC. they came in and was like, I'm a bigger star than you. And they're like, yep. <laughs> so the UFC's turnover allows them to keep their fighters in check, too. Because if, if I have like nine consecutive title reigns, at some point I'll be like, yo, you need to put another comma on this check. I think Izzy did, and they did, and then they shut up. And yeah, so but, Izzy's not going to stand up for fighter pay. He's getting paid five. No, but they, they they pay him to shut him up. But he ain't making Javante Davis money. No, he ain't making tank money. But he making like B side boxer money. That's crazy. Because how Three many how million. many pay per views has he headlined over the past four years? Oh, a lot. Good enough. Right. But so it's like I'd be shocked if he wasn't making three three and a half a fight. Maybe, yeah, sure. It's like Shakur, but that's like that's <laughs> so little compared to what they're making, right? Like you look at that card; he absorbed everybody's money out of Sonya did. Yeah, and it's still not enough, in my opinion. But it's never enough. Sean Strickland just won the title. I guarantee he was on a shitty contract, and he's yeah. still in a shitty contract. Now he's in the championship contract, and that champion contract is much different because it rolls over, and it prevents you from renegotiating, yeah. which was Ngannou's problem. So now it's like you turn all these. Alexa Grasso was a champion. You think she's getting paid a million dollars? Half a million dollars? Probably. Maybe. 500? Maybe. Probably, probably why she's headlining this. You got to just. She's probably getting like 350. Nah, I think you're just 500 minimum now, I think. But she's a champ. She's probably getting no. I mean, it's not a pay per view. So you give her 500, no pay per view points, call it a day. I mean, Jamal Hill. Was he still barely on a content? Like, we had him on the show talking about renegotiating this contract. Yeah. How shitty his money is. So if you can get become a champion with that shitty contract and you don't have to renegotiate renego- and you fight a fighter or two under that shitty contract with well, whatever, tough. yeah, and then somebody knocks you off, I don't have to negotiate with you anymore. You're not champion anymore. Whoops. Yeah, you got to take whatever you take. So Sean Strickland's a champion. Do they got to look at Sean and say, well, oh, shit, we got to pay him. If Izzy beats him, back to where you were. Listen, man, Francis Ngannou uh, is making 10 mil guaranteed. Yeah, on the books. Dana's like, good for him. It's like, yeah, you don't even want to say shit about it anymore because you look like an idiot. 10 mil guaranteed on the books. Like, you know he's getting another 10 in Saudi. Oh, he's cleaning the fuck up. Yeah, plus pay-per-view points. They're making so much money for that fight, they don't even care about pay-per-view points. Because why would I? Yeah, like, Like, (laughs) that shit's like, that's play money to them. Bro, I've been eating McDonald's my whole life. And, you know, the UFC is like, oh, you were a good fighter. You get a double double, uh, quarter pounder with cheese, right? And then somebody says, let me take you to this uh, echoing rig, right? <laughs> and, he's like, and you're like, wait, wait, what? You don't care what you're eating there anymore. You just know that you're at a better establishment. Yeah. Francis is a guy who's happy as a pig and shit right now. He's <laughs> like, he has no questions. I Zero. guarantee you. They're like, Francis, do you want, I don't care. Like, 
Do you need this on the back end? I don't care. This is more money I've ever seen in my life. More, it would have taken him four years yeah. of constant wins in the UFC to make this money. Like, this is crazy. So, yeah, 12 champions in 12 months. Some people's like, that sucks. I was like, for who? UFC is there because their whole model is just cycling through fights. But they need that also because they need to build new stars. And the only way you do it is by having this turnover in belts to see who sticks. Yeah, but dude, they're just kind of like, all right, cool. We'll have a few people like fucking Patty Pimblett. Like, we'll have a few people fight here and there, but the machine keeps churning because... What happened to Patty the Batty? Patty ain't fighting till next year. Probably like 190 right now. Probably. He's not even that good. Signed with Barstool Sports, and it was like, dude, have you watched him fight? He's not that good, but whatever. He's a personality, right? But his personality, and he advocates for the UFC, like everybody shut up about fighter pay. He ain't getting paid that much. But he's a personality who plays ball with the UFC. He's not going to ever say anything against him. And you don't got to pay him more to be a personality. Patty, go do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Just show up here and get your 64 and 64 or whatever you fuck you get. So new champions, who cares? If Chef, We'll talk about the fight. If Shevchenko wins this weekend, we got to pay Alexa Grasso anymore. Yep. Well, let's talk about that because uh, Raul Rosas is going to join us here in a second. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The card last weekend, by the way, ended up not being horribly bad. A lot of finishes, cool sub in the co-main event. It ended up being all right. I don't know how uh, Nick did. 
Shout out to Nate for Veterans Minimum joining the show last last week. I think he bet another subathon. I don't think that went well. Mm-mm. If he did all finishes, then he was he was great just finishes. stacking. Yeah. But yeah, the, there was only like two subs on that card. Uh this weekend, the card is better on paper. So that should be cool. Right you know what you know what's weird as we as we're about to talk about this card? Tracy Cortez is fighting on this card. Yep. Tracy Cortez has like seven hundred thousand Instagram followers. She's like the second fight on the card. Yeah, I get it. I don't. She's you know, you know who's it's her second UFC fight. But do you know who she beat? In her opener? Not even in not in opener. There's one person who is who is on the fast track to a title, and she is the only person who has a victory over him. You know who that is? No. Aaron Blanchfield. Really? She beat Aaron Blanchfield. Well, I'll be damned. This is, she has a, a strong presence. She's only lost one fight in her MMA career. She's a flyweight in a pretty solid division. She's ranked pretty low, but she needs more fights. I put her at least closer to the main card. At least, t- why are you the second fight on the prelims? Yeah. She, I guarantee you, I'm thinking before I say this, I believe she has more Instagram followers than maybe Valentina. I'll tell you right now. That's that's tough because Valentina built. Valentina's pretty got a pretty strong following. Yeah, I know she's got more than Alexa Grasso. I believe Tracy Cortez is as she approaches a million Instagram followers. Yeah, no, uh, Bullet has two point six. Never mind. So because <laughs> she's, she's been building that for a yeah. second, but she probably has more than Alexa Grasso, who is the champion. If Tracy Cortez fights and wins, Alexa Grasso is now approaching nine hundred. Okay, so she's close to Alexa. If Tracy Cortez wins her fight, there's a world where she goes, ah, I could, I'll just go do OnlyFans and make more money, right? Like, that's where she's at. I'm surprised that they haven't moved her up this card to be this. Like, I want to see her fight because she's a pretty good fighter. Yeah. Um, But that tells you, like... They better run her highlights or something on the main card. Do something. You gotta, dude, you got to do something. Do something. She's got a strong following. You got to do something with it. I'm not saying... Again, you have to play up the fact that she beat Aaron Blanchfield. You have to play that up. She did. In the victory, I was just like, I was looking at that shit, and I was like, why is she the second fight on the card? But her presence on this card, fighting on the prelims, much better than the entire pay-per-view last week. That pay-per-view had, <laughs> what, nobody. Tytoo yeah. Vaz got his block rocked. He's kind of cooked. Yeah, it's a wrap. He's just cool, so I mean, people would turn out. They'll put him on these cards every now and then. Manel Cop, that was a great fight yeah. with a short-notice guy who trains with Charles Oliveira, who... Felipe DeSantos, I'd like to see him fight again. Yeah. Manel Cobb is probably going to get closer to a title fight soon. But that card sucked. Now, the top three on this card this weekend, though, Raul Rosas Jr. versus Terrence Mitchell. Interesting dynamic. Rosas coming off of a loss. Mm-hmm. He's 18 still, so people lose at 18. Whatever. But now, they're again, they're not giving him easy fights necessarily. No. So Terrence Mitchell's 14-3, and 7-inch reach advantage over Rosas. A kid, Terrence Mitchell's 33. Yeah, man. And they're like, yo, 33-year-old, 17 fights, three losses. Go fight your son. Go that's fight this is. kid. Go fight your son. Okay. That's that's one year away from the age difference between me and my daughter, Malaya. That's crazy. I had her at 17. So when I was 33, she was 16. Yeah, go fight your daughter. Yeah. Like, I, this is equivalent to me, like, knuckling up with one of her boyfriends. This is ridiculous. So they're giving Rosas, like, no easy touches. That's also, like, it's great. It's great, like, 
selling points for UFC. We don't do soft touches. It's not good for brand building if you're a fighter. No. It's like, well, what the fuck? Like, Max Holloway got Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor back to back. <laughs> it was like, yo. Yeah. Like, He's like, I promise you I'm good. Yeah. I promise you I'm a good fighter. Stop giving me these yeah, guys. Like, what is this? Like, what are you doing to me? And then Max came on the other side and became one of the greatest featherweights of all time. But, dude, they, they take pride in that. It's good. But at the same time, it's like you can't you can't really build anybody. I'm not saying give everybody the Deontay Wilder special. Nah, but what was the name of the uh, the Mexican fighter kid who got his block knocked off versus um all the dude with all the tattoos? You got Cody Garbrandt. Oh, Garbrandt. You just gave me dude with Sorry. tattoos, and you'll see that's all the white uh, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Cody Garbrandt. But it was him and a Mexican fighter, and they were like one and two prospects. They fought you each other. Thomas Almeida? Thomas Almeida. Yeah. Never the same. No, Almeida got ruined after that. That was it. <laughs> it was yeah. like, yo, these guys are going to meet and probably be like championship level. And you have two amazing stars. You're going to have them fight. Mm-mm. Four years too early. They don't care. It's the opposite of boxing. The UFC, Four years too early. They don't, the, the UFC, again, it's like, if we can find somewhere in the middle, it'd be great. The UFC does a fantastic job of, yo, you're good, you're good, go fight. Right? The matchmaking is really good. There is no hype building for a fight, right? We will never, and it's fine. I don't need another Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury situation. I don't need a Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence situation. There is never a moment. It it, it it helps because it makes those fights feel like events. But there is no scenario. If the UFC says, all right, we signed Alex Perea to fight Israel Adesanya. It was like, you ain't going to get a lot of time for this. Go beat that guy and you got a title fight. There was like, not like put them on the same card next to each other for like, Two or three pay-per-views. Cormier and John Jones might be the only one where they ran parallel. I mean, but DC was a heavyweight. That was the only thing that really kept him away for so long. That was it. It was a weight class situation. And then he cut down, and they waited like a good two years. They give him some fights when he cut down. And then it was like, okay, it's on. But they don't, there's no, there are no fights that you're like, it was like John Jones and Francis Ghana was the only one. Yeah. And as soon as France was like, I want more money, they were like, fuck you. And that was a weight situation. <laughs> yeah, they were like, fuck you, get yeah. out of here. So it's, I don't know, that's, that's a good point. Um, co-main event, Kevin Holland. Oh, I'm picking Raul, by the way, just because yeah, I yeah. pick everyone else. Uh, Kevin Holland versus JDM. It's that, a tough fight. It's a t- the, dude, Kevin Holland's a psychopath. Yeah. He'll fight every two weeks if you allow him to. Like, he'll do this, and he'll do another fight next week. I think he's been on this podcast more than most people fought in their careers. 100%. Right? Like, it's fucking nuts. Like, he always shows up. Like, I think I've interviewed him to the point where they offered me interview. Like, bro, I just talked to him. Yep. I don't need to talk to him again. I'm but surprised he, he didn't come back on this week. We got Raul. They probably, like, they oh, probably knew change. better. But Jack Della Maddalena got, you know, got ruined for that last fight. He was supposed to fight uh, Sean Brady. That yep. fell through. He ended up fighting somebody he didn't know, and he ended up going to split decision. And people are like, ah, we're a little bit down on him. Now he's fighting Kevin Holland on this card. Kevin Holland, I hope they pay him a lot of money because he's just saves cards left and right. Because yep. you got to remember, Chef Cat Romano was supposed to be on this fight, this card too. Yeah. He was supposed to murder Kevin Gastelum. That's exactly what they put him on the card yeah. to do. Yeah, like, Gastelum was like, oh, I'm hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, he got hit with a spinning elbow in training. <laughs> That's true. I don't know why you're taking spinning elbows. I don't know what, co- like, the coach was like, Kelvin, don't take this fight. Kelvin, don't take this fight. He was like, I'm going to take this fight. And he was like, Yo, you sparring with Kelvin today? Hit him with a fucking spinning elbow in his nose. <laughs> That's it. We got to take him out of this we fight. We need out of this fight. <laughs> but uh, co-main event, I'm going to take Jack Della Maddalena. I think Jack is the real deal. I think Kevin Holland's great. I just think... Two fight winning streak. I mean, subbing Kiesa, knocking out Ponzinibbio. Like, two good wins right I, there. But it stops here. 
Like it's yeah. too short. Like JDM is not a guy you just be like, oh, I'll go so. in there against. Although I, I would if Kevin Holland won, I wouldn't be surprised. No, but I, I mean, I would. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised. He's it's good, crazy. but it's just it's like, crazy. Like you look at Kevin Holland submitting Michael Chiesa the way he did, right? Yeah. And people forget like Holland's really good on the ground. He knocked out Jacare off his back. Yeah. Right. You he does all this shit, and then you go, ah, oh, fucking Hamza murdered him. Yes, he did. <laughs> it's just like the level that late notice though. It was. Remember the whole Nate? Uh, Nate yeah, yeah. Hamza yeah. was like, fuck it, I ain't going to make weight. I'm going to go like 10 pounds yeah. over. I'm going to ruin the card. And then Nate was like, I'll fight Tony Ferguson. And Holland was like, ah, fuck it, I'll fight that guy. And he got murdered. Ran through. Like, it's just levels to this. It Holland's really none. good, though. Dude, this guy, no favor. None, none. Uh, I'm taking JDM. Yeah. Uh, main event, Alexa Grasso, Valentina Shevchenko. Dude, I'm taking, Valentina made one mistake in that fight. Throwing that spinning back kick. That was the only mistake she made in that fight. She will never do that again. She's going to beat Alexa Grasso. Unless Valentina is like completely off and slowed down. Uh, it sucks. I don't even like picking fights anymore after what we saw last week. Because, like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, y'all makes, come to us for expert advice. I don't fucking know what's no going sense. on anymore. Like, dude. Yo, put $200 on the underdog in every title main event and just let it ride. Yeah. At this point, like, we saw Leon beat the shit out of Usman twice. We, it's crazy. We've seen Nunez lose. We've seen Shevchenko lose. We've seen it, Izzy lose twice. It's we, crazy. Just put the money on the underdog. Yeah. Have at it. Like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. Sean Strickland won the title. You going to listen to me? <laughs> I I might put 500 on Colby. I ain't doing that. <laughs> I don't even like Colby. I ain't doing that. But the way that this year is that, shaping up. That's tainted money right there. <laughs> that's t- I, ain't, I, ain't, I don't want that MAGA it's money. dirty money. That's filthy. I don't want that MAGA dough. That ditty, dirty money. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want none of that. Also, if Drake bets on you, please take the other side. Oh, my God. Yo, Coach. That's, I'm going to just start waiting for Drake to bet. Yo, Coach Prime better, better lock every door <laughs> in Colorado. Like, you are not coming to a Buffs nah, game. Nah, Ban him from man. every sports book. Fan duel. Don't accept this motherfucker's bets. Love no. It. American Top Team us. straight up said, don't bet on any of our fighters, yeah. please. Thank you. <laughs> Like, <laughs> take that money else. Take a weekend off. Yo, and the worst part about all this, Adesanya's on the cover of EA UFC. So is Shevchenko. The omen's there yeah. for Valentina to lose. I can't pick against her, though. No, I think Shevchenko wins this. Yeah. In the re- immediate rematch. Talking about those. So we'll see how all this plays out this weekend. We're going to take our last break. We're talking to Raul Rosas Jr. When we come back after this, that's going to be a fun conversation. You guys don't go anywhere. Be right back right after this. All right, everybody, as promised, it's been a while since we had a guest. The UFC decided to take a tour of the world, but now they are back in Vegas going down this weekend. Mexican Independence Day took the card from Canelo. I love it. It is going down T-Mobile Arena, and we have Raul Rosas Jr. joining us on the show today. Raul, thank you so much, man, for taking time out during a fight week to join us. We really appreciate it. No, thank y'all for having me. I'm excited for this week. Yeah, man, we're excited to have you. Going into a week like this, is it wild to think that, honestly, a year ago, you were just competing for a contract to be in the UFC, and then now you're going, preparing to fight at T-Mobile Arena, 
How much has your life changed in just this year from being a, a normal teenager to now being on the main card on ESPN? It, it's changed a lot, but I knew it was going to happen. Um, I knew I was going to be here. So it's all just a dream coming into reality. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited and looking forward to it. For this particular card, because it's, it's Noche UFC and it's Mexican Independence Day weekend, how important is that for you? Because being, considering they have never done something like this before, obviously with Alexa on the card, yourself, uh, it's a pretty loaded card. But how? what is the significance to you to be on this particular card? It means a lot. Like, I get the opportunity to, to come back and I got a good spot on the card. So I got some eyes on me. Um, it's a good chance for me to show my comeback and show everything I've improved. And it's a special day also. Um, I get to do it in front of all, all my people. You know, I know there's going to be a lot of supporters, a lot of Latinos. So I'm excited to go out there, and I'm proud to share the card with a lot of also Mexican fighters. So it's just going to be another night to show that Mexican talent is on the rise. Yeah, you, you mentioned that. A lot of people know how just great fans the Mexican people are for boxing and combat sports. But it seems like it's a new audience that you kind of have to open up to the UFC. But you're in that first wave of fighters where they're understanding like, hey, this is pretty cool. Like, this is the same thing we get from boxing, but these guys are kneeing each other. You're showing grappling, everything. How cool is it to open this sport to the Mexican fan base and be one of the first? Because they don't have the history of the Oscar De La Hoyas, the Julio Cesar Chavez. A lot of people are going to remember this generation for opening up MMA to Mexican fans. Yeah, it feels amazing to um, inspire a lot of our people to join the sport and watch the sport, especially me. Um, I feel like the more inspiration I bring, like my my fan base is like more youngsters, like more teenagers. So I'm able to inspire. I didn't know till now recently um, that I was inspiring I realized that I'm inspiring a lot of teenagers, a lot of youngsters to like chase their dreams and or like join the sport. So I'm excited to see the future and see how early they start because they see that you can make it to the UFC at 17 years old. I opened that door, that opportunity to show them that it doesn't matter the age, they can make it whenever they're ready. They just got to put in the work. So now that's what they're going to do. So I'm excited to see that. Bro, you were born in 2004, so I, I'm curious, like, what was your introduction to MMA? And it's like, of course, like, Mexican fans, you know, they, Canelo love boxing, but you went the route of MMA. So who did you look up to growing up that made you want to do MMA? Um, I, I, I used to be a fan. I, I was a fan of Tony Ferguson, uh, Robbie Lawler, Chuck Liddell. But, yeah, I just got into the sport really early, so um, I just started doing it for fun, and then I became really good at it. I started liking it. I fell in love with the sport, and now I'm here. Wait, wait, wait. So what did your parents think when you were like, you know, I'm going to fight for a living? Were they cool with it at first, or were they like, hey, you need to go to school? Don't you're, you're, I mean, you got a contract at 17, bro. Like, did they want you to do something else, or were they always comfortable with you wanting to fight? Um, they told me to do both, uh, do a school and, and be a fighter. Um, they just wanted me to fully dedicate to wherever I want, do whatever I want, and fully try to be the best at whatever I do. 
they said it doesn't matter if I want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a fighter, but they just said just be the best at it. If you want to be a doctor, be the best doctor. So I chose the MMA life, and I'm trying to be the best at it. Um, but, yeah, they just supported it since I was little because all my family was a fighter except my mom. So, yeah, they just told me to stay in school and keep, keep um, dedicated to the sport, and that's what I did. I feel like your mom probably has hands too, though. Don't shortchange her. The whole family is fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, so saying that, you're now 18, about to be 19 in a couple of weeks. So happy early birthday. But Thank you. you're so young in the sport already to this will be your third fight in the UFC. This will be your ninth professional fight. What are your goals when you see yourself being this young? Because when you see someone start at your age, now it's not like unfathomable to be like, you know what? I can get good enough where I'm looking at that John Jones record of the youngest champion UFC history. And I can do that. And by that time, I'll be a veteran in your case. You'll be like five years in by the time you're John Jones age when he won that belt. Is that something you look at and be like, I want that record? Yeah, more. it's just more than anything. I try to compete with myself. Like I try to put challenges on myself, um, challenges that I know I can I can achieve because there was records and they were uh, meant to be broken. So, like, it just makes me push harder. For example, right now, I just see gold and I'm on the road to becoming a champion and every fight is just a step closer to that to that dream. And, you know, so I put those goals to make it interesting for me and challenging because if I said, okay, I'm going to take my time, I'm going to become champion whenever, you know, like whenever... If I fight like one, I could fight like once a year if I wanted to because I'm so young. I could fight once a year and be champion by 27, 28. But that's like no challenge for me. Um, so I want to challenge myself and see how fast I can do it. And right now the record is John Jones uh, at 23. So I want to be able to beat that. So yeah, I'm just excited to see how fast, how much, by how much I can beat it. So I'm just excited. I mean, you know, obviously everybody talks about you're coming off of a loss and. When you look back on that, did you feel like you put a lot of pressure on yourself that particular night, or what went wrong with you? Because, in all honesty, from what we saw of you in the Contender Series, you didn't look like yourself that night. It felt like there was a different version of you in the octagon. Is that safe to say? Did you feel different on that night, or what, what happened? I did feel different, but that's no excuse. My opponent went in there and did what he had to do. Uh, the mistakes was, were on me. Um, at, Everything was on me for me to not show up because that's my job. My job is to show up on April, was to show up on April eighth, and I didn't show up. So I just went back to the drawing board, check what happened, why couldn't I show up? But yeah, um, still congrats. Not trying to take nothing on Christian Rodriguez from that night because he did everything correctly. They had a perfect game plan. He stayed calm and composed. So congrats to them and their team. But my team did all the work. It was just my fault. I fucked up. So I'm just excited to show these corrections that I have made for this camp on Saturday night. When you have a fight like that and you take a loss, like this is MMA, right? Like losses happen. Do you look at some of these other champions and other guys at the top of the sport now who have gone through that? Like I think of a guy like Max Holloway who lost early. He lost to Conor McGregor early. But he's still one of the greatest fighters of all time. You mentioned Robbie Lawler, who was signed at 19, went through. He's supposed to be like the prodigy, right? He gets cut. He goes to a different promotion, comes back, becomes a champion. It's so hard at your age. Do you take 
like notes from these other guys who may suffer a loss early, but then end up becoming some of the greatest to ever compete in the sport? Um, yeah, I just take um, a lot of inspiration. Where I take my inspiration from, uh, I just like fighters that say they're going to do something and they do it. So that that that's that's something that inspires me. So like whenever I say something, I'm just going to make sure I do it no matter how many tries it takes, no matter how much it takes. Like I know all the records I want to break and how far I want to go. It's not going to be easy, but I'm going to make it happen no matter how hard it gets. I know we asked you how special this is and competing this weekend, but what is it? What is it you think it's going to feel like walking to the octagon that on Saturday night? Like, you know, there's going to be flags in the crowd. You know, your people are going to be there. Like, you know how important this moment is to, to the countrymen, and your people. Like, how do you stay composed and all that? Cause you got to be excited for that. Or are you able to like push it to the back of your mind and just focus on the fight? Or do you feed off that crowd? Um, I feed off the crowd, but this time I'm just focused on the fight. I'm just excited to go out there and put on a show. Um, and I'm mostly like just want to show all the improvements I made from my last fight, all the mistakes I did. So I'm just focused on that. And I'm excited to be able to do it in front of all my people. So they're going to enjoy the show. I'm going to make sure to put on a show that night. And I just can't wait to show all the corrections I've made. So as you sit there in your cool-ass room with the nice-ass lighting uh, <laughs> and you think about how Saturday is going to play out, in your head, in, when, you when you visualize this and envision it, how do you see the fight going? How do you see this one playing out? How do you see yourself winning on Saturday night? Um, I see this being a dominant win. I'm just ready for whatever. I'm ready to go out there and get the finish whenever I can. Um, I'm ready for a war too, you know, uh, Terrence Mitchell is an experienced fighter. So I'm ready for, I'm, I'm waiting for him to bring it, but I'm going to bring it too. And then it's just going to be in the fight to see who wants it more. And I'm just ready to go out there and get the job done, get the finish and keep going for that belt. My last question, man, is Terrence Mitchell is taller than you. There ain't too many people taller than you in this division at 135. He's about an inch taller than you. Um, does it make a difference if what somebody's taller, shorter, reach advantage? Does any of those things make a difference when you're competing in the octagon? No, not really. No difference. Um, I I just been preparing for, for all that. I think uh more than the size, he just has the length advantage. Um, he's a one thirty five er with a lot of length. So I'm just excited to show uh, everything I've worked this camp and put him away. Last question before we let you get out of here. You mentioned that. I mean, you're about to be 19, fighting at 135. We see this in a, a lot in, in boxing where your frame is still growing. Your body is still growing. Where do you see yourself competing at at your most comfortable in the long run? Do you see, like, staying at 135 for a good amount of time? Or do you think, like, 145, 155, 170 is in your future? Um, definitely 145 is in my future. Right now, I'm going to try to keep getting these fights at 135 as long as I can. But eventually, I think I'm going to have to move up to the 145 division. So I'm just excited and I'm going to be ready to, to for the new challenges and keep, keep myself prepared. Nah, man, I love it. Get some rest. Enjoy the week. 
even, you know, leading up to the fight week, because this is truly special. I think it's going to be a treat for all the Mexican fans. They're all going to be there supporting you. Enjoy it. Can't wait to watch you compete on Saturday. Everyone, again, Raul Rosas Jr., 18 years old in the UFC. It's amazing, man. Can't wait to see you win. Thank you so much, Raul. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. All right, everybody. That was Raul Rosas Jr. competing this weekend. UFC, Noche UFC going down here in Las Vegas, taking the date from Canelo, as I said before. Wow, uh, the Mexican fans are definitely going to show up and show out as they do every year this weekend. So it's going to be very exciting. Make sure you check that out. It's been one hell of a show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, everyone here at Blue Wire Studios, Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. Follow us on social media, on all platforms. Check us out on YouTube, especially. We're making some changes there. Can't wait to get you guys' reactions. Plenty of shows to still come this week. Make sure you guys check those out for myself with the old man Andreas Hell. Till next time, we're out.